Hello to all. I'm back with another episode, number 44 to be specific, and I have a returning guest, Mr. David Sue, on the show to discuss the topic of car shows. In particular, we discuss a show that David's been curating for nearly a decade. The show and the brand are called Fitted, and through the many years that it's been running, David has learned a ton, and it's just that ton that I wanted to talk to him about today on this episode. So stick around as we start at the beginning and then dig into David's views of past, present, and future auto shows and events through the lens of his youthful yet veteran eyes. I'm your host, Trevor Byrne, and this is the Bucket Seat Podcast. Okay, so get in nice and tight there. All right. And um, all right, for everyone listening, tonight I have David Sue. He's across the table from me, and we are going to revisit David's brainchild, Fitted. So I spoke with David way back in episode 16 with the Drift OG Jover. But like with many of my early shows, I didn't quite have the formula nailed. So we completely skipped through the origins of David's passion for automotive. So today, tonight, that's where we're going to start again, exactly there. So, David, um, the beginning, what was it that got you into cars? What was it that inspired or hooked you? Um, so my dad was actually a mechanic. and uh, Oh, no kidding. Yeah, he worked for uh, Ford um, in Mississauga, Aaronwood Ford. It was a dealership. Um, but prior to that, he was always into cars, and I have like very fond memories of him. Um, and I hope I'm not bastardizing the car because I really don't know too much about that car, and I was only a child back then. But I know it was like a a 60s era, era, era Chevy 2. And okay. um, I know had a V8 swap of some sort. Mm-hmm. Only thing I really knew was that he didn't like us eating in the car. <laughs> <laughs> it's got, and it had like this real, these really black leather seats that were super hot in the, in the summer. And it was like painted candy apple red. And he loved that car. Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, like I remember sitting in the back seat as a child and him driving it and, uh, mimicking the the noises of like shifting gears and stuff and that obviously made, made my dad laugh but yeah that's that's kind of how i just got into cars because i just kind of felt like i've always been around them either my dad like fixing them up on the driveway or you know just him being a mechanic and talking about his daily life you know that's awesome wow i mean it it kind of makes sense then that you got so into cars it's that yeah, kind of influence that early on is kind of undeniable. I mean, I kind of I, hope I just in never got ways. mechanically inclined though, which is the funniest thing. Like, <laughs> I would always have to ask him like how to do stuff, and yeah, he would be more natural at it. But okay, so then, what was the first car that you owned? So, being in the Ford family per se, um, mm-hmm. my dad always had this idea that um, you know, if you're going to be like a young kid at 16 driving a car, you probably shouldn't have like a V8 Mustang or anything. Smart Ma- man. Yeah, mainly because you don't want to end up wrapping it around the pole or just insurance purposes. But uh, mm-hmm. my first car was a Mercury Topaz 1987. Um, yes. I mean, I was, I was so grateful of having that car because my dad purchased it for me per se. Um, and the, the story behind that was uh, a customer had brought the car in for service, figured out that the service was too much. So he decided to like, you know, trade it into the dealer for a new car. And then my dad um, and then the guy had gotten a quote for the trade in. It was, it was like, it was pretty horrible probably at that time. Right. Mm -hmm. But I think my dad just like gave him a little bit of a better offer and just took it off his hands. 
And of course, my dad had having access to the parts at cost, fixed it up and made it drivable. And I had my rusty 1987 Topaz. I want to say it was a coupe. Yeah, uh, it was nice. a four cylinder. Yes, I know exactly. It wasn't car. very reliable. It tell sucked, me it was actually. Tell me it was maroon. No, it was white. Oh, okay, and it had the rust stains, which made certain areas of it off white. <laughs> and I think it had like this god awful like red pinstriping on the side. And yeah, a lot of them was, had that. A yeah, good friend of mine had one very very similar. Yeah, it just drove so horrible. And like I, I didn't drive a lot of cars at that time too, as well. Like I think I drove my parents' Aerostar, which was another like Ford product. But mm-hmm. uh, and my dad, who just the funniest thing is like once he got rid of his toy the chevy 2 like he went down to like these very pedestrian cars like this 69 horsepower like mercury Lynx station wagon which was like baby blue like oh my god like i have so many like horrible stories driving that thing <laughs> like borrowing that car from high school and stuff and loading up all my friends into this little baby blue wagon that's awesome. Those wagons, though, I mean, even today, bring that back and put nice wheels on it. I mean, people would be drooling <laughs> over it. <laughs> Maybe. It was extremely boxy. I don't know if you remember the uh, K cars of that era. Yeah. 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 So it kind of sort of looked like that. But yeah. the funny thing is it had a blue dashboard, too, which was very, oh my God. very odd. Yeah. Right. I, I, hate, I think, I think I hate gray and dash. black is probably the standard. And I think K cars had a red dashboard, but before red was cool for an interior, but they didn't yeah. help. They didn't yeah. help it. <laughs> so it was the first car that you purchased yourself. Um, so that's actually another funny story too. But, um, when I started finally being able to like have a job where I can actually stash some money away, get a car, I had my eyes set on any civic that was the 92 to 95 era. So that was a civic EG. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, some of the people today call it a bubble back, but, um, it's, it's the EG era. It's a hatchback. Um, I still feel like it's a timeless look. Yeah. Um, it was a great bare bones car. It came in an SI format. Um, I didn't really care which version I had got because I knew I was going to motor swap it already. Right. So the funny story behind this is that I actually accumulated every single JDM part for this car, all the aftermarket stuff. I had a GSR sitting on an engine stand in my parents' drive uh, garage and I never built the car. No way. No, really? I never built the car. And, um, I, I want to, I have to really think really hard why I didn't do it, but I want to say it has something to do with a girlfriend at that time. Oh no. And, and, and all of a sudden like needing to like just offload everything because I decided to make a decision about where I was going with this relationship or something. It was something really stupid. And wow. in hindsight now that I'm older, I'm kind of thinking, man, you're, you're dumb. Like, what was I doing? I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like the, the, the joke with my friends was like, they would come to my parents' basement and the entire car would be laid out. Like almost like you could sit in the cockpit, like, I had an Integra GSR dashboard too as well. The seats, like everything, you know. Like, On the most amazing car that was never built. Exactly, yeah. And it was the most amazing part out too because I, I got some of my money plus more back and it was yeah. it was like a fire sale. Like people just raped everything off Oh, I'm thread. sure. Yeah. Well, I, I can attest to that because I, one of my, the first cars that I built was a was an eg hatch tahitian green eg hatch yeah oh my god yeah i mean <laughs> my favorite i still have so much love for that car today and i think that sure. although it is a bit awkward in terms of the the overall shape i think anyone who got to know that car loved it and anyone who drove one that had even been slightly modified yeah especially if there'd ever been any suspension work done to it even without a lot of motor work and you could drive it at speed for sure such a fun little car to have yeah. i had like a I had a D15B1 swap into it. Okay. Um, and 
that was, I think, I want to say of, 142 horsepower. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think that's yeah. right where, yeah. where it was. And just some like really very uh, modest um, suspension upgrades and good tires. Yeah. Uh, really good tires on some like, and everything I did black trim on. Anyways, we won't get into that. Yeah. Um, I've was, talked about too car. much on Great area. Love that. Love Pop, that car. Like really and so, good so rocket. you never, so you never ended up doing that build. You got the EG, but you never yeah, did the build on it. Never did the build. Right. I kind of, I regret it every, every time I think about it. And um, I actually have like film photos, like, you know, cause there's no digital cameras back then. Film yeah. Photos of like my parts, like Bonanza sitting in my parents' basement. Oh was, my God. You've got to, you've got to share those. Out. Uh, I got to dig those that. up. Yeah. Um, but it was kind of funny. So now with that, um, it sounds like, I mean, that was the first car that you would have started tinkering yes. with, yeah. but you didn't. Um, what was it that you ended up tinkering? Like, what was the first car that you ended up working on? Um, I want to say, and it's kind of funny because we're going to just time jump like all the way from that era to like 2007 mm -hmm. because I kind of took a backseat in, in cars, even though I was involved in the car scene and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I, I jumped into a 2007 Honda Civic Si. So I want to say that eighth generation Civic was the biggest jump in terms of like everything they've done for the Civic line mm -hmm. in terms of powertrain, like everything uh, power-wise for the SI was kind of inherited from the uh, RSX, right? Right. And, um, and it had an LSD, uh, you know, had amazing seats, like 17-inch mm -hmm. wheels. It, it was just great. It was a great car. And um, I, I didn't go nuts on it. But I did, I did modify it, you know, the appearance, body kit, wheels. Um, that's when I started, you know, paying more attention to the Southern California fitment scene. Mm -hmm. And that was actually my first uh, dive into, I guess, uh, properly, I don't know, just making sure that I have proper wheel, not proper, but like wheel fitment that met like what I thought looked good. And I was heavily influenced by everything that was going on in NorCal, Southern California. Fat Lace was like really popular around that time. And um, there was this thing that going around on the internet that if you had built a car with wheel fitment that, that they would quote unquote approve, you would email the photo or show the photo on the internet and they would send you this like unique sticker that said hella flush approved. Right. And you can't buy it. Uh -huh. and, <laughs> and the funny thing is people is always asking like, hey, can I get approved? Can I get approved? And not a peep from Fat Lace, right? And then once every so often on their blog, they would go hella flush approved, right? And <laughs> I had actually... Um, uh, sent them photos and I, and I got it and I was the first Canadian car and no way. Yeah. It was, it was an exciting time for me to get, to get the first uh, hella flush approved like, on the internet, you know, imagine 2007, how much internet fame that was not, not much Instagram didn't even exist back then, but I mean, like, yeah, yeah I want to see that photo. I've got to see what it was. That submission somewhere. I know I saved it on my Google drive somewhere, but okay. So now, that's a good question to lead into then. Oh. So we're going to go again, probably back in time then again. Yeah. Um, so what was the cool car everyone had to have when you were in high school? <sighs> Man. So in high school, it really depended because I kind of felt like there was two camps. You're either in the domestic camp, which I felt like had this strong heritage from the seventies still mm -hmm. all the way to the eighties. And um, then you have the import guys, right? But nobody kind of really figured out how to make their imports fast yet. Like I know there was like the Toyota guys, old school, um, 80, 86s and stuff like that. But people were really starting to pay attention to Honda. And the Civic was a big deal too. And yeah, uh, the Integra too as well. If you were lucky enough to get a GSR, either your parents helped you out or maybe you had, had 
save for it yourself. And that was like the go-to car. Or you're a drug dealer. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course, yeah. Um, but I kind of felt like Honda and Acura had like these really, like I, I still feel like those body lines are just still timeless. Mm -hmm. I like, agree with you on that. You know, I even look back at like, I remember idolizing things like the 92 Acura Legend Coupe, right? Had a 230 horsepower V6, but it just looked amazing, you know? And um, even like the Prelude, even though I'm not a Honda Prelude fan, like the 92, that generation, like still looks good. Still yeah, looks absolutely. Good. Still looks very well planted, like even stock, you know? I know. I feel like we're jaded because we love them so much that I can't say that I don't like them anymore. Yeah. But I, I kind of want to believe that they they do have a timeless element to them because they're not over-designed. They're not complicated. Right, yeah. I kind of felt like engineering, they actually, I kind of feel like cars today are built with uh, scaled obsolescence. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. they know they're going to try to flip you into the next gen on the next iteration or whatever. And they'll try to make something a little bit better. Like sometimes it is better, but then it's, you're still fine. Like with that 80s era, like Civic SI or EF, Civic SI or even like the, oh my God. CRX? So CRX SI, oh my God. Like that's one car I've always wanted. And I feel like everybody I've talked to who's like a car enthusiast has either owned one or know about it or wanted one. You know, yeah. it wasn't it wasn't crazy fast, but it was like something that you could toss around the corner, super light, looked great, um, had that glass uh, hatchback at the back. We didn't get the the awesome, awesome Civic SI V16 glass roof cyber one um, like Japan did. But uh, but that car was still great. Yeah, I can't believe I'm, I'm embarrassed to say that I hated the CRX <laughs> when I was in high school and a couple really? of guys I knew had them. Yeah. And I'm ashamed of that because that car is so awesome. And today I, you know, I regret not taking the time. I could have driven one a lot because yeah. of a friend of mine who had one, but I had so much hate for it for some reason. So <laughs> what dumb. was it? Just because it's a flat back or something? I think or? It, what, I, there's something, there was something at that time that felt offensive to me in terms of its mm. design. But you have to realize I'm coming from zero automotive understanding at yeah. that point in time in my life yeah. and really, really didn't appreciate what you went through stages. There. I want to say, sorry, say that you again. went through stages. I want to say, yeah, yeah. yes, yeah. yes. I cleansed myself <laughs> at that stage. Um, okay. On to today then. Yeah. So what's your daily driver, daily drivers? What'd you drive here today? Um, I drove a very boring and boxy Honda element SC, right? But I love that car cause, um, it does everything that I need. I need a lot of cargo capacity for uh, my event. So, um, with my partner, he has a pickup truck, a Toyota Tacoma, and I think it's a Tacoma. It's pretty big. Um, but we carry the event and bring the event in both of our vehicles. And because it's a box, I don't have to worry about weird roof lines. Like everything just slots right in and stacks. Yeah, and, it really uh, is a box. It's a box, yeah. And I, I love that car because it takes uh, regular fuel. And um, it's not that great on fuel per se because there's no wind, there's no aerodynamics. It's, <laughs> it's like a hitting break. a wall when you drive, but. But um, yeah, it's great. No one bugs me on the road. And it is the SC model. So if you're familiar with the Honda Element, it's it's basically got the, a little bit better stereo, a better, little bit better suspension. It's got 18-inch rims stock, even though that doesn't mean anything to anyone. But <laughs> but to me, it means the world because I, I feel like I'm I'm driving a little bit better in style, even though it's just an Element. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Um, nice. Okay. So, um, and that's it, right? 
Mm, well, <laughs> so, and I know you know the answer to this because you read our mutual, you saw our mutual friend's IG story where I did. he just basically I, I went did. like nuts. And, and don't feel, and don't feel like you have to, uh, don't feel like you have to elaborate anymore on no, that. No, it's okay. It's okay. I, I'm actually a little bit, so I, I've never really had a fancy car per se. Like the, the most fanciest car I've had was a TSX and that's considered like a premium for right. Acura. Awesome. Honda, I like right? the TSX a lot. Love that car too as well. But I've. I've never delved into Euro and um, I was actually looking for a second car and I ended up getting a, a an AMG C43 Benz. And, <laughs> and to be honest, like, I love I it. never I love tell that you're them. a bit bashful about it because it's awesome. <laughs> it's and actually it's a little embarrassing driving that thing because like, I just don't feel like I'm supposed to be in this car. Like, like it's, it's great. I, I love it. I enjoy it and stuff, but I just feel like obnoxious in this car. Right. Especially like it's got the AMG exhaust and it's just, it's just so fucking loud, right? And that'll all pass. Yeah. You'll get used to it. <laughs> and then but the funny thing is like when when Nick, our mutual friend, had did his IG story where, you know, he just asked me, Hey, you want to grab lunch? And he was in the area, so we grabbed lunch and he saw the car, he's like, What the fuck is this? And I'm just like, Oh, it's it's a band, let's go inside, it's whatever. Right? And he's just like, Now we're gonna come back outside and check this shit out, right? And I was like, Oh fuck, right? I hope yeah. we forgot. You're not right? getting away from it, no, Nick. No. And then as soon as we went back out, he just started like wilding out and I was like, dude, like just chill, like not a big deal like you know like just, no, but that's yeah. that is how i found out about it too it's awesome yeah and of course he just goaded me into like you know like opening her up and i and i did and i really shouldn't because i think there's a break-in period too as well i'm, nah. I'm still yeah no, you're good so much the, for that. I, the, that amg exhaust sounds so good i love yeah. they've really perfected that i mean it's if you can afford it to have the amg pack especially with the amg exhaust it just makes this especially with the 45 it's so good yeah so good Okay, I yeah. won't believe it. I won't believe it. We're gonna jump. It's got into the- heated seats, and that's what I'm excited about. <laughs> We're gonna jump into the wonderful world of car shows. But before we do that, maybe you can give us a bit of a recap on what fitted it. So, sure. what it's about, what it's not about, what kind of cars people could expect to see this year, that kind of stuff. So, I feel like fitted is a event that's tailored towards wheel fitment originally, mm-hmm. um, hence the name. But we've kind of expanded and. Um, I guess opened up the classes and categories and you'll really see that reflected in this year when you look at the competition guidelines and uh, what's available to be won. Um, I feel like it's kind of extended based upon my personal interests. So things like vintage, um, 80s era cars and stuff like that, track and drift, like you and I heavily respect that, those things, you know? Mm -hmm. And I kind of feel like there's a lot of cross convergence in the audiences. So I I feel like I'm gonna try something. I'm gonna try bringing some of those aspects of things that I respect to this dedicated core wheel fitment audience. Maybe they'll hate it, maybe they'll like it. Maybe they'll just be educated about it and understand it better than um, just some stereotypes of drift kids or whatever. Yep. Um, but yeah, so started off as originally wheel fitment and then what happened was um, it just got so, I guess I wanna say for lack of better words, popular because people wanted more and more of it. So it expanded from a parking lot uh, meet per se to an actual event where I'd actually have to rent a venue, hire security. Um, at that point, I actually had to worry about liability too as well. So I had to incorporate my brand. And I never used to refer to it as a brand before, but in order to get to that stage, I had to do all those things to legitimize it, right? And I had, and, I, and now I have event day staff too. So there's no more volunteers, like there's, there's expenses. I have to worry about things like 
I have to worry about things like minimum wage now, which is so <laughs> weird. Like it's it's Shit like a whole new world right now. Yeah. I like I used to like listen to all these stories on the news, and I'm like, oh man, it's affecting me now too, right? So, but yeah, it's a whole it's a whole like basically operation, and yeah. uh, we're in our ninth year this year, and next year we're pretty stoked about that because it's going to be our tenth year. Yeah, save that save that for a minute because yes. we're going to go into the whole kind of idea of or the world of of auto shows. I'd, I'd love to get your opinion on some of the things that are happening. I feel like we're in the midst of a bit of an auto enthusiast resurgence. I know that's maybe not the exact right term for it, but you know, car shows are at the epicenter of all of that. I feel like, you know, it's it's like the the equivalent of seeing a live show. You love these bands, you love this movement in music, the genre is really growing, but going and seeing a live show is really where it's at. You really get the full experience of it. It's visceral. And I feel like that relationship with a car show, and I, I know it's more than a car show, but a car show in the in the general sense of it really is what embodies that now. And so in terms of some of the shows that are out there outside of Fitted, um, is there anything that you're, you've been noticing recently or you're impressed by? Um, and that can, you know, there are no constraints to that. So globally. Um, I, I'm not sure if I can 100% accurately answer that because I haven't been participating in car shows other than my own event mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <coughs> that's me. fair um but i i have been paying attention to some coverage on the internet i feel like some niche shows that are kind of targeted towards more kind of like the culture versus like generic like you got stereo you got wheels you got a, a rap like sort of similar vein of fitted where where it's kind of like very targeted I, I feel like those events really speak to the culture um and it's not I hate to use the the Fast and Furious cliche, but it's it's not like it's not like the original Fast and Furious where it's like, you know, like gulling doors on Civics and and really, I hate it honestly. I'm sorry, I'm not a Fast and Furious fan, but I know it's done like amazing for the culture per yeah. se. But we we you know how many people have come on the uh, show and are slightly embarrassed, a little bit bashful about the fast and furious having any impact on what they've ever done in yeah. automotive. And they're all very successful. Yeah. I think everybody who's ever talked about it has had some sort of success that has come from their passion of automotive. Right. But I think we can all relate that. And we can all say that it, it did have, it did have a lot of impact on the kind of the wave that it created for sure. Yeah. That, that had a lot of influence on people and brought a lot of people into this circle or this yeah. world, like reading super street magazine and tuner mag before before Fast and Furious, I was maybe like two years into it before Fast and Furious came okay. out. Yeah. And did it get you excited more about cars? It really did. Okay. It really did. But then I went and saw the film and was disappointed at how inaccurate it was. I think and that's so I was a why. huge critic. And I think that's really why it got so much heat. But yeah. the, anyways, the, the whole franchise now has evolved to this whole other world that is so far from i think what we're into anymore but i think they're adapting well to like the change they know those formula like those gimmicky things that they did before in the past aren't going to work today mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. so it's kind of like the cars are taking a little bit of a backseat to the story um but i'm digressing um yeah um sorry what was the original question uh it was just in terms of any other shows that are out there or any events right. that are happening that Okay. Um, so, outside of yours, yeah. um, that you know, are 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 something that it's to watch out for, or something that you're impressed by, um, or even elements of other shows. They don't even have to be cars. They could be bikes. They could be you know uh, international auto shows that are new okay. manufacturers. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, um, you know, other than what I said before, like, um, I like I have personal interest in like vintage bikes because um, mm-hmm. I have one myself too. Um, I've been really paying attention to what they've been doing in the states. Uh, there's a there's an event. I think it's going to be happening next week or a couple weekends in in Austin, Texas, and it's called the Hand Built uh, Motorcycle Show, and um, and it's just amazing. Like looking at their photos on Instagram and what they've been doing and stuff. Like um, I don't even know if it's intentional about how they dress for that event or not, but everything in terms of the display of the motorcycles, the venue, just like looks mint. Like it just looks like you're going to have a great time. Like I feel like. We just have a beer in hand or wine or whatever, and you just like just be in heaven, just like walking <laughs> around, bikes after bikes and stuff. Cool. And Austin sounds like such a cool. Place. I've never been, but yeah. I really want to go to Austin yeah. as well for it. Um, okay, so we'll check that out. Oh, sorry, it's called the Handbuilt Motorcycle Show. Yeah, Handbuilt Motor- yeah. Motorcycle Show. Yeah. LA just actually had a, a really big one last weekend, and I want to say it's the OG Moto Show too as well. I can show you that on Instagram too. But yeah, they they just I don't know. There's a and that's only like the, the second year they've been doing it too. Hmm. Yeah, so I think maybe a little bit of uh, interest in that area too, man. And I, and I feel like Tokyo Auto Salon back to cars, like, oh, I've wanted to go so for never. So long. Yeah, it's you're always gonna have a great time there. And you know, of course, like even when they release a model, like um, it's always a year ahead before over there, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. and they've got a year ahead for the tuner parts, right? Yeah, it's that's the. Yeah, that's Mecca. I really want to go and yeah. see the Tokyo. I also want to go see Geneva. I mean, as like the big, the big, big shows. Right. Yeah. Um, I've I've wanted it. It it's got a lot of interest in the last. I mean, two years. I don't think it's much older than that. But there's a lot of talk. I always hear on kind of all the other auto podcasts that are out there that I listen to. But Grid Life seems to be a really mm. really big one in the U.S. that I'd love to go check out. Which is, is that the part- camping one? Yeah, it's yeah. part car show, part um, there's like a concert series that happens as a result yeah. of it. There's definitely a big drift contingent for it. Sounds like a huge lifestyle oriented yeah. event. And yeah. there's some time attack um, okay. stuff that happens as well. Yeah. But um, I think when they did drift, uh, or sorry, when they did uh, grid life in Atlanta, I mean, they had Ludacris came and performed. Oh, wow. Getting okay. back to Fast yeah. and Furious. Yeah. But anyways, okay, cool. Um, so you've been doing it since this all since 2010. Yeah, 2010. Which is no small feat. Yeah. So you've probably seen a lot of shows kind of come and go. What do you think are the key elements for success when you're putting together an event like yours? Well, it really depends on how you define success too as well, right? Because I see a lot of show promoters just focus on entrance revenue amount of people through the gate it's a good point um to me that's always great because i want to still pay the bills nothing i don't want to be in the uh the red Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but for me success is like you know the feedback and i'm very keen on ensuring i am aware of what people are thinking about the event so whether that's being silent on social media or reading like rants or complaints or whatever or even feeling an email sent to us personally directly like I'm, I'm very like aware, even if I don't get it directly and my team member gets it, someone on my, my staff or team will direct it to me, make sure I address it. But um, success for me is making sure that people can relate to the event and the event is still delivering what they expect from it too as well. Um, um, I don't know if I should be talking about the changes to the event or you want to expand on that later on. Or Yeah, let's do that when yeah. we talk about kind of what's coming up in 2018 because yeah. For this one, uh, for this kind of, this little section, I'd love to know because you've been doing it for long enough now as well. You've seen a lot. 
what's the craziest thing that's ever happened at one of your shows? Oh man. <clears throat> so in our previous podcast, I told you I kind of stay away from all the car show drama because mm-hmm. I just don't want to, it just, I don't want that aspect of my life to be too negative. But apparently, I guess when someone gets so internet famous, I guess, with their car build, there's some like competition, animosity, um, and apparently like something of that spilled over at the event. One, I, w- I want to say like three years ago, uh, of course, we have like security and a little fight broke out and they had to be like, you know, basically pulled apart. And it what it came down to was basically like that was like the eruption point. Like these two people finally in the same building in the same spot. <laughs> They're physically no more internet innocent. shit talking. Right. And basically just someone just goaded them on and they, they just had at it. But then like luckily we have security and we pulled them apart. And Smart move, especially knowing that you're yeah. running a business and you've got insurance and all these things related to it. So. Exactly. Yeah. And actually our security back then was pretty shit, to be honest. Like <laughs> like the, these guys were just kind of scarecrows and I'm surprised they actually did that part. But our security is way better this year. And uh, actually, it's been better for the last three or four years, I want to say. Um, that's actually probably the craziest people-related thing. Like, I've had stuff happen last year, which I'm not too enthused about. Um, it actually made it onto, like, car throttle and became viral. Um, I can show you the link to it later on. But but some of our uh, our participants had decided to do a little bit of a smoke show leaving or 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 what they like to call rocketing out of the venue. Mm-hmm. And that may be, be, be perhaps because they can't clear the uh, exit entrance. Or yes. Perhaps oh, just... I did see this. I did see this, right? Yeah, yeah. And you're probably like, hey, that's fitted. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, somebody uh, also drove over one of our runners. So we have a plastic uh, rubber floor, floor runner to cover the electrical. So there's mm-hmm. no trip hazards. So they drove so low and it got caught in their axle and ripped off the runner. Luckily, oh, the electrical was already unplugged. Oh, man. That's yeah, so that was another viral video. But, I mean, those are crazy things, and those are things that we're definitely going to try to stop next year. Yeah. Um, but uh, The solo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think they did it for scene points, right? So, Of course. Of course. <laughs> so on the other end of that spectrum, what is it about your shows that you find the most gratifying? Um, I know there's a lot of, like, personal stories when people tell me, like, um, so I've, I've, I've grown a lot of relationships too through the event too and just during the culture. So a lot of people keep in contact with me and send me little updates saying like wheels just arrived or they show me the test fit or they show me the body work or the radius fenders or whatever. And I see the journey like even if it's on text message or Facebook or whatever, like I see them sharing this journey along with me. And it's kind of gratifying knowing that they're basically building the car for a debut at my events, right? Because they're just like building it for fitted or the funniest thing is like, in 2013 when we first moved to our, our our venue i started seeing the hashtag fitted prep and i was just like people are like creating this hashtag to get ready for the event and i thought that was kind of cool and that's really yeah cool. and if you search that hashtag it's got like a lot of usage now so um yeah so i mean like just following along that journey and seeing how people actually you know debut the car letting them watching people's like jaws drop and because a lot of it's kind of like pseudo top secret and they want to just debut or when they roll in that's when all the photographer and media just go nuts and stuff and yeah just seeing that and then if they happen to win based upon them judging that year that's even better too as well mm-hmm. um every well, I mean, year you're, we, you're fueling everybody some of these um, these passions that people have 
your event is fueling the preparation for it, just like you said in the hashtag. Yeah. But at the same point, it's got to feel pretty good that you know, you're setting a goal for a lot of people. And for a lot of people, that's really essential for anything to get done. And if yes. they don't have that deadline, which is your show, a lot of this stuff would probably never happen. So I, th- I think that it's th- there's so much more to your show and to a lot of shows that are out there that people are doing this for that really propels what's happening in the in the industry. And I'm so happy that that's what's happening, especially on yeah. the scale that it's happening for you. I mean, I never intended it for it to be that way, but I'm glad that's like a side um, bonus effect, I, I yeah. would say. So how, many, how many cars do you have at your, at your last um, show? How many did you have? I, I don't know an accurate number outside. I know that outside the field gets rammed. Um, mm-hmm. And that's basically our spectator lot. Um, but inside, we usually cap out around 120, 130 competitor cars that have been personally vetted and approved. Mm-hmm. Um, we've only had registration open for about a week and a half this year. But we already have 279 applicants. Holy shit. So there's going to be a lot of disappointed people, unfortunately. Right. And so you have to yeah. go through and, and, and look at all the applicants yes. and, and decide whether or not that they fit particular criteria that you have. Correct. And so what are those like, you know, if you're able to divulge, yeah. what is the, what, are, what are some of the main criteria without going crazy detailed? I mean, we just want, so some of the things we ask for in the application is like send a photo of the wheel thin it, send the photo. Mm-hmm. And we say like no night shots, nothing deceptive, right? No like angled photos <laughs> night shot off a driveway. in the rain, yeah, yeah. off a mirror, exactly. reflections. Yeah. And then we want, also want to see a three quarter shot and profile of the car. Um, just a basically well executed car. Right. It doesn't have to be the lowest. A lot of people used to think like it's got to be slammed to the ground or on air or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. Like if it's well executed, like we've approved like period correct M3s before, like mm-hmm. from like E30 back then or right. even older. It's right. Proper so, fitment. Exactly. You know, and it's something that maybe it's track fitment, maybe it's meteor um, tires or wider wheels that that's but it's not like stretched and poked. Right. Yeah. Um, which is fine. So it's basically anything that I feel like the car community would appreciate. Right. Um, I feel like I keep going back to serious garage, but I mean like, you know, like Nero's like Camaro that, you know, that they nicknamed world war Z. So that's, you know, like it's, it's just jaw dropping. It know? is. And, yeah. And I don't feel like it fits any segment of like what the event was originally designed for, but it works. Yeah. You know, and I love it. And guess what? So, does, so does the audience. Yes. Yeah, so does everyone else. So does everyone in the world. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, so I think I think we have our finger on the pulse of something here mm-hmm. in terms of how we like, you know, vet the the content. Um, we'll get like times where like we'll have like seven Hyundai Genesis's coupes, and I'm sorry, like even if they're all great, we're gonna have to somehow whittle it down to like maybe a top two or something. Yeah, like that's that. fair. The we want to diversify, right? So <laughs> yeah. It changes. It changes every year too, because right? I kind of feel like as the generations move with the cars and the makes and models, like you know, like you know, price points or whatever, like is out there. Those concerns, it changes. Yeah. You know. So, well, you talked about your venue in terms of you, know, you get a couple hundred cars or you know, a hundred and fifty, hundred thirty, hundred fifty cars inside the venue. The yeah. fields are packed with everybody out yes. there. Yeah. Venue is obviously really important. So if you could pick a dream venue, oh man, one that you know you'd never be able to get. Or maybe is unattainable. Yeah. What would it be? Um, I don't think that venue exists in the GTA. Um, because if it did, we would be there. Um, definitely feel like if we could have some type of expansion in terms of very high ceilings, a warehouse type of feel. It doesn't have to be brand new. Um, I would even love it if it's rustic. You know, mm-hmm. it's got this really old school feel. Mm-hmm. 
easy access to 400 series, 400 series highways, smooth roads, and um, yeah. If it, <laughs> no it can, speed bumps. I mean, I, I feel like I'm building my dream like property or something. But, yeah, absolutely. But if it could accommodate that and um, if I could even go into more specifics about how I would design it, but I even have like this glass wall where basically people can just like lounge and even just like stare at the cars while they're just enjoying like a, a lunch or whatever stuff, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with Ace Cafe? Yeah, I am. So something like that, but obviously not a cafe, but if actually, you know what? If, if something like that even exists where like you could just park your car and then just somehow sit in some type of building where you can just stare at it like i'm happy like i don't know (laughs) like this sounds really nerdy or something like that but i mean like no totally multi-tier like thing like that and well my dream is always to have the combination of um pub like kind of restaurant yeah in one of these old uh in one of these old auto body restoration or just auto body shops yeah here kind of in this queen west area that'd be sweet that you could literally put you know knock out the adjoining building to it or the wall between them and put up a glass wall where you can still have isolation in terms of food and drink and entertainment but you can look into this beautiful space where these either these cars are these cars are being worked on or you know two functional spaces that are yeah um connected and collaborative or collaborative the other thing that I always thought about in Toronto, how cool would it be if you could use the um, Ontario place? If you could have access to that in all of the crazy different terrain all, way, all around there. I mean, it's basically shut down because of asbestos that they're tearing out of that place. Oh, really? Okay. I mean, maybe that's internet rumor, but yeah. I'm pretty sure of that. The other would, like in my dream automotive world, would be one that I think is totally unattainable because of logistics would be Toronto Island. Right, uh, and and being able to get all of the cars out would there. Would you have to ferry everybody over? Then? Yeah, you'd have to yeah. ferry everybody yeah. over. So everybody's yeah. car would have to fit on the ferry. I mean, yeah. yeah, would never happen. But how cool would it be? That would be super cool. Or maybe the the um, porter or the island airport. Right, use the whole island airport strip. You have drag races. I mean, how cool! Mm. Anyways, Ideas. we could go on forever <laughs> on that. Um, what would you say the car scene is missing these days? Is there anything missing you find, or something that um, is left out? I don't know um that's a good question um sometimes i always kind of wonder what the journey is personally for some of the enthusiasts that i see at my event or other events um i know i have my own personal journey and it's kind of like um sneakerheads um so they they remember michael jordan or they remember looking at michael jordan sneakers when they're younger mm-hmm. and that's their personal relation in terms of why they're buying the jordans now as full-grown adults something they've always wanted something they looked up to they never had the ability to get it and now they're indulging in that aspect of what they they value right so i'm kind of wondering like does do those personal stories and journeys like exist nowadays or or have or they evolved it, maybe just yeah. into something that maybe we're getting older <laughs> that we we're not i don't know i kind of feel like i'm doing a an old man type of look at it right because who am I to, to say like my journey is greater importance than someone that may, and I can't believe I'm saying this, that watch Fast and the Furious <laughs> and got into cars, right? Mm-hmm. But then that's a positive aspect because, you know, maybe, you know, maybe because the first one wasn't authentic and true to the, to the, to the culture, but it did get them into cars. So 
Right. And and it may be true to make us feel really old. Yeah. That it might have been Fast and Furious four or five that actually got them into cars. <laughs> right. and Tokyo going, no, 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 it wasn't the original. Like the original. <laughs> um, okay, so in Canada, I feel like we can. I feel like we can hang with the rest of the continent. I mean, when you look at what's happening in the U.S., yeah. we certainly have some cool cars. Sure, there are some restrictions and limitations based on our weather. Yeah. But we have a major advantage on importation if that ever ends yes. up happening because we've got 15 years. They've got 25. Right. I'd love to stockpile a bunch of R34s <laughs> right now yeah. and just wait for, I mean, because we've only got a couple more years. Wait, um, they actually have to wait even if it comes from Canada? No. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no. Oh, it, wow. So, it was, uh, okay. It's so country no of origin. Okay. All country right. of origin. Okay. So okay. if it wasn't built in the U.S., yeah. then, uh, or if it wasn't available in the U.S. In, in terms of the domestic market, okay. then you have to wait the 25 years for importation. Hmm. Whereas, yeah, we get yeah. the advantage of only 15 years. So, yeah, yeah let's fill a couple of warehouses full of R34s <laughs> and, and and we can um, we can start financing them for our uh, American friends yeah. in the meantime. We'll be charging the storage fees, basically. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And I mean, why not let them let them spend 10 years waiting for the car and they can they can slowly pay us for it. Of course, <laughs> if anybody steals that idea, there's proof of concept on this yeah. show right now, yeah. just for the record. There you go. Um, what about the what about um trends you know what's what's what are you seeing um at, at fitted hmm. is there anything it could be tech wise it could be wheel wise so, it could be style wise is there anything new that's coming in i mean i'm so i mean i kind of feel like kid not kids but enthusiasts today of the younger generation um you know pay attention to cars that i don't think are too old um but this year especially this year because i just became friends with another um, group of people from fitted um and and they're they're building like da integras and civics and i'm like why and how and again why yeah like, do you even are you sure like and like i love that era and i love those body styles and body lines like like we you and i were talking about but mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's kind of weird how like how does a 19 year old relate to that or or was it a budget thing but but they really love their cars and they're really into it and when they casually just say like chassis codes like ef eg da dc2 like i'm just like whoa like like how do you even yeah. know about that yeah like <laughs> but you say it with such confidence and you guys are very well versed about like b18 swaps k series and stuff like that i'm just kind of like or oh i'm gonna do a p72 gsr ecu to an obd uh obd2 to obd1 and i'm just like what like <laughs> <laughs> like like where did you memorize this from and and but you but they know what they're talking about and i'm just kind of wondering like is the trend like kind of like going pseudo retro if you if you can even call that era that's super retro? cool if it is i'm i'm it's so unique, into that right i don't know where anybody would find a b series motor anymore it's like everything's got yeah. a k series swap right. into it yeah yeah exactly so i mean like I, I i don't know maybe i need to have that conversation with that group of individuals and just kind of like go like so it's cool. Car. Keep, keep doing what you're yeah, doing. Yeah, that's that's like, pretty awesome. Right. I had no clue. Again, yeah. I'm I'm kind of out of touch with that. But yeah, and some of the applicants I'm seeing like older generations. So, um, I I shouldn't really talk about the applicants because they haven't been vetted yet. But there's some very interesting ones, even from like you know, the very very male dominant scene. Yeah, yeah. But right. um, yeah, there's like some females with like some like you know pretty good pretty good like submissions. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. What about tech? Anything in tech that you've seen? I mean, that you've got some new 
a lot of new cars and yeah. and if there's anything i mean i know it's the boring side of the tech is that yeah. i've seen a lot of cars now equipped with uh dash cams so everybody's kind of doing that to protect yeah. themselves and that kind of stuff but is there anything more exciting happening i mean i'm i'm finally in a current model new car and heated seats are kind of like a I don't know. It does it for me, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, I the whole like electronic dampener thing. Like, I I feel like that's awesome. Like, you know, like yeah, I don't even know like how like that's even possible. I mean, there's technology behind it too, but I mean to do it on the fly. I remember uh, my dad talking about like a new thing that they did from Ford back in the '80s, where you could switch on the fly between two and four wheel drive, but it wasn't on the fly per se. You had to stop it, engage it. Yeah, I think roll it back and yeah. then roll forward yeah. or something like that. Yeah, right? the old and then, school. Yeah, yeah, and then I was just kind of like, "Wow, that's kind of cool, right?" And then nowadays it's just kind of like a flick of a switch, and then yeah, you didn't have to get out and actually exactly. like engage through yeah. the hubs, right? So I'm I'm kind of surprised at some of the things that like that, and I don't know, I don't know if that answers your question, but I mean like those those things are uh, heads up display. Um, I kind of feel like in the '90s it was a wash. Like I think the 240SX had an iteration of it and it wasn't that great. And then nowadays, like when you look at it, even looking at um, a driver's perspective, I think I test drove uh, a car too that had heads up display. And uh, that's amazing. It, can that, it would have been that, um, that S3? Uh, yeah, I think it does, does did have a uh, heads up display. Yeah. And in daytime, it's fully visible. It's like this little hologram on your dashboard. It's like crazy, right? Like, I don't know. To me, that wows me, but I know. Well, and I'm, I can say that my the extent of tech that I have ever experienced is what I'm lucky enough to hopefully in a couple of days get into <laughs> with the STI with that yeah. driver controlled center differential. Although I know realistically, it's not something I'm ever going to be really really messing with yeah. on a on a large scale. Yeah, but the That's few nice. days cool. that I might find myself in a parking lot with other cars and there might be timing and there might be cones might i might be some actually snow sometimes too well, <laughs> i might so. actually use it um cool okay so in terms of what you've got going on for 2018 so okay. we've got the ninth annual fitted lifestyle show coming up this may at the brampton fairground so it's may 26th if i'm not mistaken that's correct yeah um so what can listeners look out for this year? You know, what have you got in store for any, uh, for everyone, any special guests, cars to look out for prizes, competitions, new categories? Um, yeah, there's actually a whole bunch of stuff. We have a, a marketing schedule about how we're going to announce it, but I don't think I'm breaking anything that's in the, in the works. Um, no, do it, do it right now, right now. <laughs> Exclusively. Exclusive here. drop <laughs> on the bucket seat. Actually, yeah, I can share that information. It's not really top secret. Um, we're working really closely with some brands this year. Uh, Drift Jam, uh, Jover, who was on yeah, the last Jover, podcast. Yeah, Jover, Devo. Way to go, yeah. guys. Jover and Devo, they're going to be working closely with us to, um, to push their event. They're going to do their tech, tech day at Fitted. So they're going to have a portion of their grounds dedicated for their, their participants to do tech. Very cool. Um, we're also going to have an incentive that since you're here, if you buy a spectator ticket to Drift Jam, we'll also give you a, a break at the door for Fitted too as well. So it's kind of like a two for one, right? So Nice. Yeah, so I'm really excited. I really want to cross-converge both of the, the segments together. I kind of feel like, you know, uh, we work closely with CS2, CS2 as well. Um, so, I mean, like, those those audiences are very finely close-knit. And um, just want to bring them closer together. You know, yeah, it's like, really cool because yeah. there are there's certainly some 
very or sorry there are some differences yes. between all of the crowds but i love it when everybody can kind of be brought together yeah absolutely yeah we all have varied interests but the one that brings everyone to the same place is just our general enthusiasm so yeah. I, I i love the idea of that what you guys are doing is what you're doing is is awesome to be We're able pretty to stoked about it yeah integrate everybody into it and now i did see on your i think it was on your facebook or your instagram page yeah. you've introduced a new vintage category yeah so class. that's a bit of a selfish thing because i just want to see more of that content oh dude yeah. i'm so happy yeah. to see you doing that because i that's where immediately i'm gonna go as much as i love new cars and obviously yeah. those are that's what i'm driving the vintage side is really where my you know where my passion lies so we basically looked at things that we wanted to see at the event and then we just kind of like said what if there's like more than one like how do we give respect to those people so we yeah. had to expand it and segregate it. So, for example, vintage, great JDM cars uh, from that era, and Euro, great uh, Euro cars from that era. So mm -hmm. we have two classes, vintage JDM and vintage uh, Euro. Um, before, in the previous past, we never had vintage. We had classic, per se. Um, that could be open for interpretation based upon whatever applicants are there. Um, this year, and this one came from really, really a lot of feedback. Convertible was a very hotly contested category. And it's because the Miata and S2000 guys are just like crazy. Like they're just like, what they come to the table with is just sometimes it's, it's heartbreaking to choose one over the other. So we're going we're gonna to segregate those two now. So we have convertible JDM and uh, convertible Euro. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. So that's a that, nice way to do it. That opens it up, I think, um, to you know make sure that people get um, you know the attention they deserve, and also uh, back on the drift jam thing, we're gonna have a, a drift slash track category too as well. Nice. So oh, that's I mean, awesome. Yeah. So I mean, like, I feel like there's a lot of like really nicely done, just like you know, well presented, like you know, our rockets out there and stuff like that. Whether it's like you know the full livery and stuff, or maybe their track stance, or you know, like the notched frames or the, the cages and stuff like that. Like we want to, you know, we want to make sure like people like, you know, take a look at that stuff too as well. Yeah. There's such wild stuff in that there world is, too. That's yeah. Ultra, ultra functional. Right. That yeah. I think is, can sometimes be pretty outrageous looking yeah. as well. But I, I love that. That's awesome. I can't believe yeah, you guys are, exactly. sorry, I can believe that you guys are doing <laughs> it, but I'm just, I'm really excited that that's what's happening. I, I kind of feel like we're just adapting. We're adapting to like what people want and what people a little bit of it is like our selfish needs of like what kind of content we want to see there. Mm -hmm. But um, people have expressed like, you know, like, you know, it'd be nice to have this. And we're just like, okay, all right, let's look at, let's look at the applicants and see if there's enough category, um, enough interest to gauge expansion of a category. So yeah, we're, we're always like trying to be like our ear to the ground. Right. So to adapt. I like it. I like yeah. the idea of the evolution too. I mean, you're yeah. nearing your 10th year. So I know you've said yeah. you've, you're thinking of something already, but we have um, plans. Yeah. 10 years, man. That's crazy. <laughs> That's a birthday bash. That's a decade of doing a car show. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. Enthusiasts have come and gone. Even their cars have changed. Um, we have some plans, so we'll see what we can do in terms of executing it. Um, each year, I don't know if you're aware, but we change our trophies every year. Okay. So that's kind of a little bit of uh a reason to kind of keep uh, repeat enthusiasts from uh, competing because they want to get that specific design. You can never get it again. Like you'd have to be the winner of that year to get that design and we'll never mm -hmm. make that design ever again. That's awesome. Yeah, I yeah, love that. Yeah. Okay. So talking about the evolution of this, you're 10 years deep into it. 
there's a lot of speculation that the youth are just simply not interested in cars anymore. They're not buying cars. They're not um, involved in car culture as much anymore. Mm. And again, that's that's certainly speculation. I think that comes from a lot of data analysts that are looking at it. And I know that car sharing is a is a big way or, you know, we'll start is, is a is a big contributor to that in the more urban centers. Mm. There is also going to be a lot more shared ownership in cars. And then I imagine there'll be shared ownership in car sharing. And then we'll see shared ownership in car sharing of autonomous cars. You know, it, it's just going to keep evolving. But mm. with all of that said and what you're seeing on a yearly basis 10 years deep so a decade worth of essential research do you feel like the youth just aren't interested in cars anymore what are you seeing i think they're just not exposed in the same way that we were and maybe that's a bit of marketing or maybe a changing of culture with things like you know like electric vehicles or autonomous driving or uber car like ride sharing like you said mm -hmm. but i i think the appreciation is still there uh maybe the channels of delivery have changed, right? There used to be a TV set in every household. Everyone had cable, right? Mm -hmm. You would just plop yourself in front of the couch in the evening and just be hammered with either movies like Fast and the Furious or, or commercials and stuff like that. Now everything is just kind of like self-serve. Like when you want that content, you'll just fire up Netflix or whatever, right? And it's, it's very hard to market, I feel, to a mass generation now, right? And like, I'm not, I'm no marketer per se. Like, I don't want to talk about things that I really don't understand, uh, to be honest, but I, I kind of feel like this, the, the delivery channels have just, just changed. Right. And I don't know if it's changed at a drastic pace or slow and we just haven't realized it. Um, but I, I don't, I don't really think the youth have exhibited disinterest. I just think they're just not aware yeah. of, of the potential. Yeah, yeah. I, I get where you're coming yeah. from. And, I, and you're so right about the delivery method because when it comes to, I mean, it's not even so much about it, the, the new youth or those that are entering yeah. into the, into automotive or consuming information at this point because it's we're all changing as we're aging as well, whereas yeah. I don't have cable like most now these Neither days. And yeah. when I want something, I usually get it without any advertising. Yeah. And for those who are fortunate enough to pay for you know, a premium subscription to something or can afford on-demand content or yeah. they get it illegally, whatever it happens to be, right. they're getting it on demand without yeah. any advertising in between. So the only way I think that these people are being exposed to cool car culture is through events like yours, through stunts, through really wild and crazy things that are happening that right. have been like a film that are a piece of something. Yeah. That are, yeah. that are pieces of content. I mean, I have to admit donut media, those guys are doing a fantastic job of creating a lot of really good content. And they've found that awesome sweet spot of entertainment and value um, right. or entertainment and education. Sorry, yeah. more so where they're being able to pair those two things together. And when you find that sweet spot, I think people genuinely are interested in it. And I think that's yeah. now the new form of the, 60 second Super Bowl ad about the Corvette. You're right. Yeah. And when somebody sees a Ken Block video, which is already dating us, you know, yeah. that's, it's not yeah. as necessarily as popular anymore. But when you see a donut uh, media, everything you need to know about the the Ford uh, Mustang, like yeah. the five liter. Yeah. Boom. And you get it in five minutes. Yeah. You're now or I think there's also it's their up to speed series. And you get up to speed now on someone who like these kids that you were talking about coming in that are all about like the EGs and the DC fives. Yeah. They they can watch 
and I'm not downplaying it because I'm sure they've done a lot of research, yeah. um, but someone could just watch a five minute clip on the history of the Subaru WRX and really yeah. know that the 22B was the starting point for everything that happened or, you know, even before that as well, of course. But the 22B was this focal point uh, that really started this wildly passionate following. Yeah. And it's been served to them in such a nice, concise package that I'm happy that that's happening. Yeah. And I think that um, I think that youth really are still interested in cars. And the fact that you're saying that there's this new generation interested in old cars. Yeah is a really cool insight to all of it. And I mean, you must see it in your registration too, is that you're not getting, I mean, we're starting to get gray hair, but not everyone else is. And you're getting new entrants into your show yeah. clearly because it's growing. Yeah. Um, so they've got to be coming from somewhere. And uh, so, I mean, it, it seems to be all pointing to the fact that the youth really are still there. Is that fair they to are. say? Yeah, for sure. I mean, otherwise, like I would be questioning whether or not I should still run the event, right? Because if, if I'm not paying the bills to keep the event afloat, then I'm just not going to do it, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, you know, I, I think I'm actually a participant of this new culture because even when I had gone my new car, I it wasn't based upon like product literature, which was like the old school way, right? You go to the dealership and go, excuse me, can mm -hmm. I have a brochure or whatever, right? <laughs> yeah. You I, I basically watched YouTube videos reviewing that make and model, right? And I got my snippet of information. It's just kind of like the matrix when you just go, I know Kung Fu, like, you know what I mean? It's like quick and dirty, like information and to the point. And, and, and yeah, like I don't have cable. I subscribe to like YouTube channels, which is like so weird, but like, yeah. like but that's why I subscribe because it's giving me like information that I need. And, and maybe perhaps the youth are just absorbing that info and they are exhibiting the same enthusiasm, but we don't have the traditional metrics like in the past to say, hey, message received, and we know this is how our demographic is doing, right? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I agree with you. Yeah. The measurement methods are are changing. Used to be like TV ratings or something like that, right? Like, yeah, I, I think at the end of the day, car sales are really the most accurate barometer for true. the health yeah. of, you know, more youthful people coming into yeah. uh, car ownership. And although that isn't necessarily an indicator of enthusiasm, I think some of the fun shit that car makers are making today yeah. are some indicator. I mean, they made the fucking Hellcat Demon. Yeah, I saw that. You know, they've got the Integra Type R is yeah. out there. Yeah. They just made a Ford. Um, is it a Raptor uh, or something? No, well, they've got the Ranger Raptor, yeah. which is pretty cool. Yeah. But they've also got the uh, why am I forgetting the Edge um, ST. No so they way. Have an ST trim of the Ford Edge. Wow. They've got the the Kia Stinger. Yeah. The 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 three hundred and what sixty three hundred forty horsepower Kia sedan. Yeah. The new Veloster. I don't like the Veloster, yeah. but they're talking about this new Veloster as having as being an interesting. I heard about fast the Stinger. Car. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like they are still. I say they manufacturers are really trying to push the excitement level for those that might be enthusiastic about cars. And that to me is really inspiring. I like that look on the automotive industry, yeah. but maybe at the same point, okay, we're, so we're nearing the end of it. You know, it's all the exciting totally cars happen before it goes to electric or. Yeah. But I remember like when I was younger and, and I would read magazines, car magazines, like motor trend. Right. And then they would say like, unfortunately Toyota is discontinuing the RX seven or they're yeah. discontinuing the Supra because there is lack of sports car sales and then people are moving into SUVs. But the funny thing is like, 
enthusiasm for like sports cars, like pocket rockets, sport compacts, like it was out there. Like, and people were doing it, buying it, souping it up, going to like drag races or even time attacks or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of wondering, like, I don't know, like it's kind of like sometimes like weird that way where like, you know, like maybe the metrics say like people aren't buying Supras or whatever, but people still want sport cars. And, right. Well, and, and they're even, yeah. they're, and they're, they're coming reintroducing back. the Supra again. Yeah, it's, it's coming, coming back. back. Yeah. Uh, I like it. I, I right? think, I think that we're in this kind of golden era where fun cars are still being built. There's a lot of support in the aftermarket still for these vehicles. I've never been down to SEMA, but I'd love, okay. to, I'd love to go just for the yeah. spectacle of all of it. Absolutely. And if all of that ends up being this encouragement to to steal from the guys at DWA, stoke the fire of automotive enthusiasm, I'm super happy because I think the more people that are interested in it, the better. Um, you look at what's happening in California right now, and there's just so much great content and there's so many great events that are happening out there that it, it has a massive influence on the rest of the country. And I think it does even outside the borders of both Canada and the U.S. So to me, I'm happy. I mean, I thank you for doing what you're doing. You you sure as hell are doing your part in this country to keep that kind of passion and enthusiasm alive. So, I mean, I, I definitely thank you for doing that. There's too. nothing I thank. <laughs> we have uh, fun doing it. So, it's, yeah, it's great. I, and I'm really excited about this year. Um, you know, we talked about maybe I may be able to make it out and do a live recording. I won't do a live broadcast, yeah. but maybe do a live recording from the event or maybe a series of them. There's going to be some pretty damn cool people there that I'd love to line up. For sure. So if you're cool with that, uh, I'd love to put it. I'll uh, make sure you have a spot. That'd be and, awesome. Um, yeah. We, Somewhere we love that. where everybody's just, there's just constant exhaust noise right besides you can never hear anyone. <laughs> that would be probably the drift jam tech <laughs> yeah, part. Yeah. That'd, actually, yeah. that'd be pretty fun. <laughs> um, so that's about it for this episode. I'm, I'm trying to keep these into about 45 minutes. We are, hey, look at that. We're at about an hour now. Um, so wow. if you're still listening out there, I hope you are. It's been a really good conversation with, with David. Um, so thank you so much for coming and you're hanging welcome. out again tonight. We will be certainly doing this again. Um, Recap, so May 26th, Brampton Fairgrounds, Brampton, Ontario, um, is the ninth annual Fitted Lifestyle Show. So make sure you go and check that out. In the meantime, for all of you listening, please do subscribe, rate, review the show. I want to keep making content for you guys. This really helps me out. And if you aren't already, follow me at The Bucket Seat on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And if you want to get in touch with me via email, Trevor at the bucket seat.ca, you can follow David at uh, fitted. Um, so at fitted lifestyle on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter as well. I'm your host, Trevor Byrne. This has been episode 44 of the bucket seat podcast. Thank you and stay tuned. <laughs>